Friends, we come now to our time of teaching. And we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 3. And Justin, one of our young people, is going to read the Bible passage for us. And then Gary Ball is going to open up those words as he preaches to us this morning. So listen now for the Word of God. Good morning. Today's reading is taken from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in this desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him, in an instant, all of the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will be all yours. Jesus answered, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, It says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil is finished, all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. Good morning, Orangefield. And uh, thank you, Justin, for reading our Bible passage for us uh, this morning. Well, in these days of coronavirus lockdown, I, I guess many of us are finding ourselves in places where we don't really want to be, in a place where we, we, we don't really want to be. We'd rather be somewhere else at times, but we, we can't do the things that we often take for granted. We can't get out to do our work as we would normally do it. We can't get out to socialize. We can't visit family and friends. We can't go where, where we'd like to go. Many of us find ourselves in a place where we really don't want to be. And that's the first thing that struck me about our Bible reading uh, today. I reckon Jesus is in a place where He really doesn't want to be. Let me explain. It says that the passage tells us initially that Jesus was led by the Spirit. But this language is more one of being forced or compelled by the Spirit. Then twice it tells us that Jesus was led by the devil. So Jesus is led by the devil. He's in the desolation and bleakness of the desert, and he hasn't eaten for 40 days. Now, my guess is you really wouldn't want to be there. I'd rather not be there. And I guess probably Jesus didn't want to be there either. You see, Jesus is not there because he's enjoying it. He's not there because he's on holiday. He's not. No, he's there because he is choosing self-sacrifice over self-preservation. 
self-sacrifice over self-preservation. That's what we're going to be looking at this morning as we continue in our Sunday series, Christ When There's Crisis. And just to set the context, because it's important for us to know what had happened just immediately before this, this Bible reading that we've shared. In Luke chapter 3, it tells us in verses 21 and 22, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him bodily like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. You see, this was an amazing event that confirmed Jesus' divinity. Jesus is the son of God. Then Luke goes on in, in, chapter, 20, in chapter 3, 23 to, to 38, he goes on to set out Jesus' genealogy, Jesus' earthly family tree, as it were. And this genealogy confirmed Jesus' humanity. Jesus is the Son of Man. Jesus, fully God and fully man, the perfect human being. And he has come to undo the damage done by the first imperfect human, the damage done by Adam. And this is where it all starts, in this time in the desert. You see, just as with Adam in Genesis here too, the devil comes with a, with a question sowing doubt. There's this, if you are the Son of God. And it's a reflection of what Satan had, had, had originally said to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God had spoken in the beginning to Adam and Eve in the garden, and then the devil came along with, with that doubt-inducing question. Did God really say? And here now, after God has spoken and he has declared Jesus as his son, the devil again comes with this comment to sow doubt. If, if you are the son of God. And you see, Jesus is forced quite simply to choose between self-preservation as the glorious son of God or self-sacrifice, limiting his powers to those of a human being in humble obedience to his Father and his Father's mission for him. And the devil basically says, Jesus, if you are the Son of God, then surely you have the right to, to have all your material needs met. You'd have the power to do it, so, so do it. Tell this stone to become bread. If you are the Son of God, then surely you have the right to rule over all the nations. You, you have, you'll have the power to do it, so do it. Worship me, and I will give you the kingdoms of the world. Satan goes on, if, if you are the Son of God, then surely you'd have the right to claim protection from all dangers, as your Father has promised. So do it. Put that promise to the test. Now note in, that in dealing with the devil's challenges, Jesus turns each time to God's Word, turns to Scripture, and, and that's always a good thing to do. But we need to look more carefully at the actual Scriptures that Jesus quotes and why. For, them to, for then we will see really the depth of the meaning of this encounter in the wilderness. For each of his answers to the devil, Jesus quotes specifically from the book of Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy is a restating of the law given by God through Moses. It's the law given by God through Moses for men, for humanity to live by. And in effect, Jesus is saying, in response to the devil's temptations, what he's saying is, God has told man that he shall not live by bread alone. Therefore, I will not turn this stone into bread. 
God has told man that he shall worship him alone. Therefore, I will not worship you. God has told man not to put him to the test. Therefore, I will not do so. What is Jesus doing in quoting these particular scriptures referring to man? Well, the Son of God, the Son of God is deliberately putting himself in the position of a mere man. He is choosing to live by the laws given to humanity. He is deliberately choosing to give up his divinity and his power and his glory in humble obedience to the will of his Father. You see, in the midst of the crisis in the wilderness, in the face of the strongest temptations to do otherwise, Jesus is deliberately choosing self-sacrifice over self-preservation. As Paul writes to the Philippians, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. In the wilderness here, Jesus is in fact going right back to the beginning, right back to square one. He is the new Adam. In the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, Adam, the first man, was challenged by the tempter, and he succumbed. Adam disobeyed God's word. He raised himself into the place of his own little God over his own life and he set the whole of humanity off on the wrong path. Now here, here in the desert, this new Adam, this new Adam is challenged by the tempter. But this new Adam, Jesus, he obeys the Father. He lowers himself to the place of a mere man. Jesus, by his self-sacrifice, succeeded where Adam, by his grasping for self-preservation, failed. Jesus succeeded where Adam failed. And Jesus starts to make a way for humanity to be restored again into right relationship with God, the Father who loves us. Jesus chose self-sacrifice over self-preservation for our sake, for our sake. And of course, this act of self-sacrifice in the wilderness points us forward to the ultimate act of self-sacrifice at the cross. There at the cross, Jesus gives himself in our place. For our sins, he dies on that first Good Friday so that we can be forgiven. And he rises again on that first glorious Easter Sunday so that we can have life, life in all its fullness, even life eternal. So in light of Jesus' self-sacrifice in the wilderness that would be completed with his sacrifice at the cross, how then are we to respond this morning? In the light of Jesus' amazing self-sacrifice for us, how are we to live our lives in the days ahead? Well, as the songwriter Isaac Watts so simply put it, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. So as Jesus' people, as Jesus' people, as people who have been forgiven, who have accepted his gift of life, who have answered his call on our lives, we too, if we are being truly our Savior and Lord, we will be giving him our all. 
we will be living lives that reflect His, lives that speak of sacrifice. So how do we do that? How did Jesus do that? Well, we see from this passage that Jesus did it firstly by allowing the Holy Spirit to empower Him. God's Spirit empowers us. At the start of this episode, it tells us in Luke 4 and verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. And then at the end of the trials in Luke 4 and verse 14, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and was operating in the power of the Spirit. And to live lives that are are self-sacrificing, we too will need the Holy Spirit to fill us and to empower us. You see, when we become Christians, when we put our faith in Jesus, God's Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. But the Bible tells us that we need to keep on being filled with the Spirit. So as we wait on Him, as we open ourselves to Him, as we meet with the Father in prayer and praise in the name of the Son, so the Spirit indwells us. He rests upon us. He fills us. In these days, we need more than ever to be meeting with God the Father in prayer and in praise. We need more than ever to be waiting on Him with open hearts. We need more than ever to be asking Him to fill us with the Spirit so that we too might be empowered, like Jesus, to live lives of self-sacrifice in the days ahead. Secondly, we see that Jesus allowed God's Word to sustain Him. God's Word sustains us. We've already seen that when Jesus was dealing with each of the challenges from Satan, He responded by quoting Scripture. And we will need to do the same. Jesus had a store of memory verses of wonderful truths of promises from God's Word. Verses and truths that He could draw upon. And we will want to have a store of Scripture that we can draw on to. It is good to be reading God's Word, to be learning some verses of Scripture at this time. It's always a good thing. Let me encourage all of us to be doing that. We can be reading and learning our Bibles on our own. Perhaps we have a a little bit more time on our hands now in these days of lockdown to do that. So rather than being glued to the box, why not turn off the box and open the book? Turn off the box and open the book. We can do that on our own, and we can also be doing that as part of a a virtual home group or CBE group as we meet together by Zoom to gather around the Bible. Many of our home groups are meeting by Zoom, and we're in the process of launching new virtual home groups at the minute as well. If you'd like to be reading and studying the Bible with others, then why not join one of these groups? Please just get in touch with us through the church office, and we'll help you to do that. Our church contact details are below your screen. So we see Jesus' example of self-sacrifice always towering over any and other example that we'll ever see. But in these difficult days, we are also seeing many contemporary examples of self-sacrifice, are we not? The sacrifice of thousands of frontline key workers daily risking their lives to care for others. The self-sacrifice of the hundred-year-old Captain Tom Moore completing a hundred laps of of his garden with his walking frame to raise funds for the NHS. The self-sacrifice of care workers 
moving out of their homes, out to live in tents so as to lessen the risk of spreading the virus. What about you and me? In the midst of this coronavirus crisis, are, are we choosing self-preservation or self-sacrifice? For today, we are faced with a crisis, and just like Jesus in the desert, we too have a choice to make. Are we going to go with self-preservation, forgetting about that calling that God has on our lives to, to care for one another and to love our neighbor? Or are we going to step up to the plate and live up to our divine calling? During the war, during the war, the people of this country were faced with a crisis and a, and a choice to make, and many volunteered and stepped up to defend freedom and to, to end the tyranny of the oppressor. And of course, there were many different reasons for the variety of responses that people made during the war. And thankfully, I'm not going to be the judge of anyone. But you know, when the war was over, when the war was over, I guess that every person at some point had to answer a question that was inevitably posed to them. What did you do during the war? What did you do during the war? And after this current war on the COVID virus is, is over, one day someone is inevitably going to ask us, you and me, what did you do during the coronavirus crisis? What did you do? And you know, I want to be content with the answer that I'll have to give. What about you? Are you going to be content with your answer? And I know that we all have different abilities and capacities and limitations. But today, some of you are living out lives of tremendous self-sacrifice. Tremendous sacrifice. Busier than ever. Working long and hard shifts. Even putting your own lives on the line to care for others. We thank you and our prayers are with you. If you're working as a key worker in the hospitals, the care homes, shops, farms, post offices, security forces, or any other essential services, then we thank you and our prayers are with you. If you're looking after in some way someone who is vulnerable or in need, then we thank you and our prayers are with you. If you are homeschooling and looking after our children, then we thank you and our prayers are with you. But you know, to be honest, Today, there are also people out there, and well, you're really treating this whole lockdown like a bit of a holiday. And I think this morning, Jesus is asking you just to have a wee think about that. Maybe you needed a break. We all do from time to time, no harm in that. But we're five weeks in now. Five weeks into a national crisis. Maybe it's time to get a little bit more active. Now, given the restrictions, the, the necessary vital restrictions that are in place that we must keep, I know there are things that we can't do in these days but there are also 
are some really helpful things that we can do. And you know, this is not rocket science. It's not really. This is very simple. Very simple and yet very powerful and will bring a real blessing both to others and to yourself. First of all, let's keep praying. Let's be praying for the elderly, the lonely, the vulnerable, the needy members of our church and community and in the streets and homes around where we live. And we could also be making a few simple phone calls, couldn't we? Think about it. To an anxious, vulnerable person living on their own, your phone call, you could be the only person they speak to that day or even for, for days. Your phone call would be such a blessing. And it's nothing too difficult. It's not going off to fight in the trenches, honestly, it's not. It's from the comfort of our own homes. With a phone in one hand and a coffee in the other. It's not too difficult. Or maybe you could send them a little card that would sit up on their mantelpiece for weeks and remind them that someone else is thinking of them. Or maybe you could make up some little slips of paper or a card with your name and phone number on them and just pop them into the, the, your neighbor's letter boxes around you, just inviting them to give you a wee call if they need a chat or uh, if they need some essential groceries or prescription collected or, or whatever is, is an appropriate and safe way for you to help. Folks, let me encourage us all to be doing these things as we are able, within the regulations and as is safe for us to do so. Safe, simple, and yet such a blessing. Just as I finish, by a tremendous act of self-sacrifice, Jesus gave us life and eternal blessings, blessings beyond number. With even just a little self-sacrifice on our part, we have the power to bring great blessing into the lives of others in these difficult days. Church, now is our time to be a blessing, to give God glory, to share His love. Now is our time. Let us not waste this opportunity. Shall we pray together for a moment? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that wherever we are, you are with us and you have spoken to us from your word today. And Father, we thank you for Jesus. We bless you that in the midst of crisis, when the challenges came, he chose self-sacrifice over self-preservation and he chose it out of obedience to you and his love for us. Please help us with grateful hearts to follow his example. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Sustain us with your, your word. Help us to be a blessing to our family and friends, our neighbors and community in these difficult times. And Lord, in light of what you have already done for us today and in all the days ahead, Help us to give you our souls, our lives, our all. To choose self-sacrifice over self-preservation. To bring blessing to others and glory to you. 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.